First uh, Peter chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1 all the way through verse 7 this morning. First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. It says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning, adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of gentle, of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is God's, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of grace of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right, so... Um, First of all, I want to start with, uh, uh, you know, just being grateful, thankful uh, for the partnership that I have with um, of the people of this church and grateful for the time that I was able to have off. Um, we were able to do some traveling and, and uh, also just recuperate uh, from our busy schedule. I praise the Lord for how God has used uh, Pastor Laramie um, in the preaching uh, since I've been gone. Uh, we started a section two weeks ago in, of submission. And uh, he, he preached the first two uh, parts of that. And I came back and I, I should have looked at my schedule and rearranged it because this is I feel like this is the harder part to uh, really talk about, really talk about and not only talk about, but also to prepare for. Uh, because anyone here who's married, we know that it is a blessing, uh, but we also know the challenges that go into uh, a marriage and we know the work that goes into a marriage. And we also know. Uh, how 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 difficult it is sometimes uh, to submit within a marriage. So God in His providence had me to prepare for the sermon because He knew that I needed to uh, I needed some of this that I'm going to be saying today, and uh, I appreciate that fact. Hopefully that hopefully after this sermon I'll be a better a better husband. Um, I I really I really hope so, and I I don't just say that to play around. I I really pray that God's word moves our hearts in in that direction. So that when we hear it, that we, uh, we obey it, and we understand that we fall short of it. Um, so if we follow the pattern of this letter, uh, we see that Peter is, is laying out, he's still laying out the implications of salvation for the believers. We talked about how the very opening, Peter talks about how we are saved, you know, that, that God has saved us, and, and, and we are his. And since then, he's been talking about the different implications of our salvation, I want to go through them real quick just so that we can understand how we got to this point, uh, because I, I don't want to preach this sermon on an island or as an island. I want it to connect to everything else that we've been talking about so that we can understand the context and we can we, we can get the true meaning of what Peter's what Peter is saying here. So the implications of salvation that we've covered so far is uh, Peter says that if you are saved, if you are a Christian, then there should be personal holiness. He talks about that in chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. 
Then he goes on to say that there should be reverent fear of the Lord. If you are saved, there should be reverent fear of the Lord. That's chapter 1, verses 17 through 21. Then he says that um, if you are a Christian, that there should be brotherly love. There should be a love for your Christian brother or sister. Um, that's in chapter 1, verses, uh, verse 2, all the way to chapter 2, verse 3. And then he also says that when we are saved, when we are Christians, and we are, we, have, we are members of a spiritual community. The church is just not a club, but rather um, it, is, it, is, it is living. It is, the church is us, and we're members of this spiritual community. We have this strong bond for each other. That's chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. And then he says, if you are a Christian, then you must submit to the governing authorities. That's chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. And then he says, if you are a Christian, you must submit within the master-servant relationship. Um, that's chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. And then he says, if you are a Christian, you must submit within the household relationships. And that's the verses that we have today. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now, concerning the last three teachings on submission, uh, Peter is pointing us to Christ. We have to understand that. that It's just not like, hey, go and do this. Just be submissive and, and just try your best at it. Um, that, that's not the way the gospel works, right? The gospel is centered on Christ. So when we are told to do something or to be something, it always points back to Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit inspired the author's of the epistles, of, of every single letter that we see in the Bible, and they point us to Christ. And so Peter is doing the same thing today. He's pointing us to Christ as the example that we are to follow. And as I said, Pastor Laramie did a great job preaching to you about submission to the governing authorities and also within the area of master-servant relationship. Now today, I, I want to focus on the family. So here's a sermon summary. Um, Christians are called to follow Christ's example of submission in order to honor and glorify God. Let me repeat that. So um, I, I think it's behind me as well. But Christians are called to follow Christ's example of submission in order to honor and glorify God. Um, that is really, really simple for a sermon summary, but it is, it is very true. Um, very simply put, very hard to do. Humility, meekness, and submission, these are not things that we look forward to. We can just go ahead and say it, um, unless we have the Spirit of God. Because on our own, we, we are not humble. On our own, we're not meek. On our own, we're not submissive. Um, they, these things do not come easy to us. Instead, our flesh seeks pride, power, and control. That's what we're good at whenever... We're, we're left to our own devices. Uh, we, we're very prideful. We want power. We want control. We want, we want those things. Why? Because those things make us feel good. We have to admit it, being in charge makes us feel good sometimes. If you have that personality. I have one thing that, that I, I've yet to get over. I like to drive. I don't like to be driven. I like to drive. And I have that habit of Wanting to drive everywhere I go. It doesn't, doesn't matter who it is. But it's, it's not anything but me just being in control. Me being in control of the vehicle that I'm driving. Me being in control of my situation. Um, there are plenty of other things that I have issues with when it comes to submission. But 
we don't, sometimes we don't realize the issues that we have and, and how prideful we are, how much in control we want to be. And, and God chips away, chips away, chips away at us, and, and we come to realize that we're, we're not in control at all. We're not in control at all. In fact, that, that we find out that he is in control of all things. So in all things, God's word directs us to follow Christ's example in submission. Listen to this from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. He says, but when you do, but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure it, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. I think that passage right there is critical to our discussion, our teaching on submission. And that's what I mean about Peter pointing to Christ. He's taken this time to talk about submission in these three areas, specifically today on marriage, and he points to Christ and says, listen, you, you must be people who submit to the Lord and to each other because Christ is your example. He, he was the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All things were created through him, and yet he stepped into his creation in order to save us. And we know that the gospel tells us that he suffered. He suffered, and, and, and he he alone faced the wrath of God so that we wouldn't have to. So he is the prime example because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So that is who we are following. And does that mean, though, that Christians should be pushovers, that they should be weak-minded and they should be gullible? Well, not at all. That doesn't mean that. Um, Rather, it means that there is a purpose. See, there is a purpose to our humble and submissive service to the Lord. It's not just to be pushed over, but rather it's to bring God glory. It's not just to be thought as gullible, but rather it's for us to learn to trust and obey the Lord. It's, it's for that, those reasons. We, we must be broken in so that we can trust him and obey him. So let's keep in mind when we think about Christ, if we are told to follow Christ, <clears throat> let's keep in mind who Christ was. He was no pushover. Let's remember that he turned over tables in the temple, that he, he whipped and drove people out because they had turned his father's house into a den of thieves. We, we remember that, right? So we can't point to Christ and say, well, he was a pushover, so then therefore we should be a pushover. Following Christ's example of submission doesn't mean that we are pushovers or that we are to be pushovers. Rather, it means that we are to do things with God's glory at the forefront of our minds. We are submissive to his will. We are submissive uh, to what his, his providence and what he has for us today. And the reason why we endure it and the reason why we trust God in it is to bring him honor and to bring him glory as Christ did. Listen to this, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. I think this is critical for us, especially within the marriage covenant, for us to remember this verse. The, 
the greatest commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second, and a second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. To me, that verse just oozes out submission. We, we know how the whole Ten Commandments are, that, that this encompasses the whole Ten Commandments here. The first, uh, the greatest commandment encompasses the first part of the Ten Commandments, the first four that are directed to God. And we know how the second greatest commandment, uh, it encompasses the last six that are, dir- that, that are directed towards each other. So this is, this is vital for us to remember. This is vital for us to, uh, to practice within uh, relationships, especially within the, the framework of marriage. See, because we are told to do things for the glory of God and the love of our spouse. And that is, exp- or that is extremely important in order for us to follow Christ's example and bring in honor and glory to God. So I don't know if we think about that very often, but that is something that, that we must do. We must bring, in our marriage, we must bring honor to God. We must be obedient to him. And we must uh, walk in obedience to his word and what he has for us uh, today. And also, we must love our spouse. We must love our spouse like, like no one else. That's what God is calling us to in our marriage. And when we are not humble, when we do not follow this commandment, when we are not humble, when we are not meek, when we are not submissive to the Lord and also each other, we are without excuse. We, we, we don't have an excuse for that. We, it doesn't matter what it is. We can't say, this is the reason why I treat my spouse bad. This is the reason why I do not submit to my spouse. When it comes to God, we can't say that. When we're trying to convince ourselves, maybe we can talk ourselves into that. But when it comes to God, we are without excuse because the Lord set the example for us. Remember, by humbling himself for our benefit. Listen to this out of Philippians chapter 2. This is verses 3 through 8. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. What a beautiful verse for a marriage relationship. Have this in mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, now here's the Christ being the example for us, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What a powerful example. Christ leaves us without excuse. We, we must be obedient to God in this area of our lives. It's extremely important that we learn to be submissive to him and also to each other. So the reason why I started there and the reason why I, I, I wanted to point to Christ first as, as our example is because, hey, this is very difficult to talk about. Because as I said when I opened the sermon, it's very difficult to submit within the framework of marriage. And that's because we love each other. But when we are truthful about it and we, we see it every single day, 
It's, it's very difficult. In fact, many people have, have left their marriages, have deserted their marriages because of this. Because they are not submissive to each other. Rather, it's, no, I deserve something that you're not giving me, so then, therefore, I'm going to seek it out somewhere else. That happens over and over and over and over. But that's not what the Lord says for us to do. The Lord says for us to submit to one another. So I wanted to get your attention first so that you could you could believe the words that I say and not take them as as just advice coming from me through my own marriage. But I wanted you to hear that the Bible tells you you must do this. This is not me just sharing my words of wisdom. In marriage, this is me sharing God's truth about marriage. So, now that I've given you a solid biblical reason for you to listen to me this morning, now let's talk about submission within the marriage relationship. First of all, submission to our spouse must flow from our worship of God. This is true for anything. Um, I'd like to, to break the misconception that worship takes place whenever we sing songs. I'd, I'd like to break that because hopefully everyone here understands that that's not worship and worship alone. That is worship, but it's not worship alone. Um, we, we tend to use the word worship for singing. Well, worship is our lifestyle. We are told to live a life of repentance, to follow Christ, to be obedient, to trust him. All those things are worship. Um, so a worship is to be a part of everything that we do. We are to do all things unto Christ. So if we're, if, if we're working, um, if we're playing with our kids, uh, within our family environment, everything we do, our relationship with our spouse, that is to be done as worship unto the Lord. That's what we are called to do. We are to devote our whole lives as an act of worship. So Ephesians 5.21 is something that is, is a verse that is very dear to me, and it is something that I share with everyone that I counsel when it comes to marriage. Ephesians 5.21 says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So if we are worried about worshiping God adequately in our marriage, we must understand that we, are, we must submit first to Christ. And as we submit to Christ, then we will submit to our spouse. I think it's a beautiful verse, and it gives me a reason for my submission. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, it's a remarkable way to understand submission within the spiritual community and also within the dynamics of the family. See, it's remarkable because instead of devoting our submission to someone else, by the way, who probably doesn't deserve it, right? If we're truthful in our marriage relationships, the reason why we don't want to submit to our spouse is because we feel they don't deserve it. For some reason or another, sometimes we feel like they do on the good days. But how about on bad days, on the days that they don't make us happy, on the days they didn't do something we wanted them to do? Then at that point, we feel like, no, they don't deserve my submission. But see, this verse, this verse throws that excuse out the window and it says, no, you don't submit to one another because you each of you deserve it. Rather, you are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
you are following his example because if Christ took that approach with us and said, well, I'm only going to submit, I'm only going to submit to creation and everything that I created, if they deserve it, he would have never left this throne for us. But he, though we were yet sinful, Christ died for us. He submitted when we didn't deserve it. So we are being told to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is extremely important within the marriage framework or the framework of marriage. Uh, so if we submit to, we, excuse me, instead of devoting our submission to someone else, we devote our submission to Christ who fully deserves it. See, this is the act of worship that God requires of us. And it's worship because we are trusting and obeying that Christ will meet our needs within our relationships, no matter how we are treated. And Peter here gives us two great examples within our text. So the first example is found in verses 1 and 2 of uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. He says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. When There's a key word here, and it's likewise. When we see the word likewise, we must understand that likewise connects us with an ongoing dialogue of submission that Peter is addressing. Uh, first of all, he starts off in talking about with the world in general. Then he goes on and talks about with governing authorities, and then he talks about the employer-master-servant uh, relationships. It's an ongoing dialogue that this word in verse 1 of chapter 3 connects us with. He says, likewise, and then he talks to the wives. Peter addresses the fact that wives are to be subject to their own husbands. The word subject here in Greek, it's translated to submissive. They are to be submissive to their own husbands, even if they if the husbands, they do not obey the word. Now, here Peter focuses here, or Peter's focuses here is to the Christian women, both who live with a Christian family or who are a part of a Christian family and also those who are not part of a Christian family. See, in the days that, that this letter was written, um, things were a lot different back then. And we can tell by some of this writing that things were a lot different. Uh, first of all, when it came to women, um, it was common for the church to be filled with more women than men. And it was also common for the women to come over to Christianity first and the husband to maintain his religion that he had before, some pagan religion that he had before. So Peter here is giving... Um, pastoral advice to the women and he is telling the women that they are to be subject to their own husbands to not let the not let them use the excuse that their husbands aren't Christian so then therefore they shouldn't be uh, submissive to them he's telling them to be submissive to them so that they they can see the conduct of their wives and they can turn to the Lord so Peter's focus here, again, is on the Christian women, both who live within a Christian family and, and those who do not, 
And it was common for the Gentile women to outnumber the men. But Peter's advice to these women, again, was to be submissive to their husbands. So their non-believing husband would see the spirit of Christ through their respectful and pure conduct. The word conduct, or excuse me, the conduct alone wouldn't save them. This wasn't Peter saying, live out the gospel. This wasn't Peter saying, uh, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. This wasn't any of that. Uh, Both of those things, those things are not biblical. What Peter is saying is that it's important for these women to submit to the Lord because, or to submit to their husbands because that's the way God had created the family. He created the family to work this way. Now, what Peter wasn't saying was, do whatever your husband tells you to do, even if it's a sin against God. Peter's main point here was for them to keep peace within the family, to be a, a model for the husband to see and to turn his eyes towards Christ and to believe because of the good conduct of the woman. In other words, Peter was saying, let your faith be attractive to your husband if he's one that doesn't believe. You see, he tells these women not to focus too much on their outward appearance. He doesn't tell them don't focus at all on it. He doesn't say that. But he says, don't focus too much on your outward appearance, because what is that? That's vanity. That's vanity. And he says that that's not what you need to be about as a woman. You you don't need to focus on vanity, but rather focus on the beautification of your spirit. Listen to this. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. I think those are beautiful verses, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. See, I think these are wise words for a wife today. The temptation to seek vanity has never been greater. In fact, I mean, it's, it's, it's thrown in our face all the time. So turn on the TV. Can't tell you how many commercials there are targeted at women that you should buy this product because you need to look better. There's something wrong with you the way you look, and you need to look better, so then therefore buy this product. It's, it's pumped out and pumped out and pumped out. There's so many different types of, 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 of makeup brands out there. Us men don't even try to keep up with them. And let me tell you this, it's even, this is how far vanity has come within our culture. It used to be that only women wore makeup. Now, it's not so uncommon to see a man with makeup on. You see, vanity is a a horrible thing. Vanity Vanity sees, lets us see ourselves as God. And when we're to the point of vanity, that then we're to the point of we're worshiping ourselves. Peter's saying, stay away from that. 
as I said, there's nothing wrong with you wanting to look good, especially when there's a godly reason for it, you wanting to look good for your husband. Now, if you're wanting to look good just to gain the attention of other men, then there's some issues there. But if your purpose is to look good for your husband, there's nothing wrong with that. But I tell you what, there's something more important than looking good for your husband, and that is being a godly wife for your husband. And that's exactly what Peter is getting at here in these verses. <laughs> Be careful, brother. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> I know all the men, they're like, amen. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to get to y'all in a second. Now he tells, again, he tells these women not to focus too much on their outward appearance, which is vanity, but rather on the beautification of their spirit. And as I said, these are wise words for wives today. Many women pursue the, the perfect face. Many women pursue the perfect body. They pursue, they pursue the perfect selfie. How many, how many times do you see that on Facebook or some other social media where it says, no filter, first picture? I'm like, come on, really? No, that's not true. Women want to be seen as beautiful, and you are. You are. God has created you, and, and, and you are full of beauty. But that's not, that's not what you are. You, do you understand what I'm saying? That's not all you are. You're more than, than just what meets the eye. You see, because true beauty is found in Christ. It is found in Christ. It is magnified by a beautiful spirit. And it is exemplified with a godly life. That, that's what beauty is. True beauty is found in Christ, it's magnified by a beautiful spirit, and it's exemplified in a godly life. It's that, that's what it is, and that's what God expects of you. There is no question, question here what Peter is speaking about. He is talking to the wives, and he is saying, you must be submissive to your husband. There is no way around it. Now, in today's culture... Again, that's something that's frowned upon. Submissive to my husband? Wait a second. I'm my own person. You are your own person. God created you in his image. Your, your, your value is no lesser than your husband. Your status is no lesser than your husband. But you have a different function than your husband does. And God created the family to work in a certain way. And he has put in the he has put he has placed a burden on the man to lead his family, and he has placed a burden on the women to be submissive to the, the the husband to be his helpmate. And what does it mean to be submissive? Well, we see a lot of words here, or we see some words in reference to that she must be quiet, she must be this. We must understand the culture that is going on here in antiquity. It was that that was considered what women were to do and to be to be quiet and not say a thing. That's, that's, not, that's not the way we live today. And it shouldn't be an expectation for a man to have his wife completely disquiet, not saying a word. Because let me tell you something. If you are a husband today, 
and you don't want your wife to say anything to you about anything, you are missing out on a huge blessing. Because God has called your wife to be your helpmate. I can tell you for a fact that my wife is my biggest supporter. Biggest supporter. But she's also my biggest critic, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know why? Because she's my helpmate. In fact, she can tell me things that others can't without me being offended. She can be as truthful as she can with me. And sometimes I am offended, but I know it's coming from a good place. I know it's coming from a place of love. That's what it's about being a helpmate. You shouldn't expect husbands. You shouldn't expect your wife just to be quiet and just do everything you say. That's not what it means to be submissive. To be submissive means to be a helpmate to your husband, to point him to Christ, to support him in his endeavors to, 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 to bring the family under Christ and his leadership, to help in the rearing of children, to be supportive of, of, of everything that he has on his plate. That's what it is to be Submissive, and that's what God is calling the wives to. So there is no question about that, that they, wives are to be subjected to their husbands. To be subjected means to be in a position of submission. As I said before, and I want to drive this home, this doesn't mean that you are less important, nor does it bring your worth down. In fact, here in our passage, Peter says that we're both heirs of grace. Men and women, we're going to be celebrating together in eternity. We're going to be celebrating the fact that we are with our Savior. We are both heirs of grace. We are made in his image, but we have different functions. Now, when speaking to the husbands, the word likewise is there again. And likewise, in verse 7, he says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Again, when we see the word likewise, we have to know that it connects us back with the ongoing dialogue of submission. So here's, here's a surprise, men. We always hear that women are to be submissive to their husbands, but did you know that men are to be submissive to their wives? Yeah, we are to be submissive to our wife, to love them as Christ loved the church. Do you not think that takes submission? You know, there's one thing I learned about being a pastor. It's a great lesson for me. It took, it took, it took some years. But... On the outside, looking in, I would see the pastoral position, and I would see that as a position of leadership. And I thought, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, you have a pastor, he's in control, you know, he has a, uh, he has a, a church, and he's there, just, he's there just, you know, teaching the church. He's leading the church. That was me on the outside looking in, and then I, I, I get in the shoes, right? I get in the shoes, and I come to find out that being a pastor, not being a, it's, not, it's not about being a great leader. 
about being a great servant. There's a lot of talk about how a church should submit to their pastor. There's a lot of talk about that. And there's hardly any talk about how the pastor submits to the church. There's a lot of talk about how wives should submit to the husband. There's very little talk about how the husbands should submit to the wives. When I read chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and I read about the men and their responsibility to love the wife as Christ has loved the church, I see a bigger responsibility and a bigger submission on the men that I do on the women. Because, see, it's not about just the women just doing what we say, but it's us treating our women as something precious, as the gift of God that they are. So, yes, men are called to submit to their wives. We don't use that language very much, but it is true. The phrase, in an understanding way, that Peter uses in verse 7, in the Greek, it's very interesting. It means to have a comprehension or an intellectual grasp of something. This is, this is really cool. I did not know this before. I didn't know this before, and it makes a lot of sense. In other words, husbands must seek to know their wives. Amen. They must seek to know their wives. Why? So as to please them. You see, because what I see a lot of times and what happens even in my marriage relationship is I treat my wife the way I I, I think she wants to be treated. Sometimes I don't take the time to find out the way she wants to be treated. I think I know her and yet I do not. Peter's saying, live with your wife in an understanding way. In other words, get to know her. See, the purpose of knowing your wife is to honor her. And these are wise words for the husband today. You know why? Men know a lot of things. Believe it or not, men know a lot of things. And, and what I mean by that is men know, men know their favorite sports team. I guarantee if you, you, you have a man and he has a favorite sports team, he can recite the roster from 1984 to you. He can tell you that he knows he remembers this play, he remembers this play, he remembers how the uniform looked. He can tell you the greatest players that have played on that team for the last 50 years, like that. He knows it. He knows it. Men know a lot of stuff. Men know their favorite hobby. You ever have a man who loves fishing and you ask him about fishing? You want to see a man talk? Ask him, ask him about fishing, hunting. Ask him about the sport that he plays. Men know a lot of stuff. How about, how about a man knowing his job? There are men who take pride in knowing their job. They know exactly what they need to do. They know exactly how to do it. They consider themselves the best at what they do. Why? Because they know their job. Listen to this. Some, some men even know their Bible. 
They know it. They can recite it to you. They bring it up in conversation. They do not hide the fact that they know their Bible. Yet we have men that know all these things and yet they do not know their wives. And why? It's not because they, they don't have the ability. It's because the want to is not there. But Peter is saying we must live with our wives in an understanding way. We must get to know them. Let me ask you this morning to the husbands in the crowd. How many of you seek to know your wife? Is that something that stopped long time ago after you got married? Do you today still seek to know your wife so that you can honor her, so that you can treat her in a godly manner, so you can treat her as the possession and, and the wonderful blessing she is to you? You see, that's why I warned you, man, a couple, a couple minutes ago. I said it was coming. You see, but it works both ways. When, when it works like this, then it works. A lot of times, this whole submission thing, it gets mixed up and, and people misunderstand it. And people think, well, the wives are just supposed to submit to what I say and they're just supposed to do what I say. And that's it. it that's the end of it. But that's not the end of it. It's a continuous cycle of submission that we are doing, that we are practicing. Why? Because we are submitting unto the Lord. We are submitting to each other out of reverence for Christ. And when it is done like this, when it's a cycle, when it's done like this over and over and over again, then we have a functioning, godly marriage. It works the way it should work. Now, I know I've said a lot of things that are very difficult to take in, and that's why I said this was very helpful for me. So what do we do with this? Well, we must understand that if we have an area in our lives that we are not practicing submission in, especially in the area of marriage, we must walk in repentance of that. I think that there are some conversations that we have to have with each other as husband and wives. There may be some forgiveness that may need to be asked. And we talk about submission. How hard is that to ask for forgiveness? See, God created man and woman to come together to bear godly offspring and to function in a God-fearing way. Husband and wives are called to submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Wives. Wives must submit to the loving leadership of their husband. And husbands, you are to know your wife and to cherish her. Because these things are pleasing unto the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we, we thank you, Father, for...